0: thanks for joining us. Hey everybody, Wendy Sellers here, the HR lady. Welcome back. We are here talking with Katie Dykstra, who is a fractional HR leader, executive coach, HR consultant. Oh, you're a president of a SHRM chapter, an employee experience enhancer, a storyteller, DEI advocate, and a vacationer. <laughs> How you doing? Thanks for joining us on your vacation.
1: Oh, no problem. Thanks for having me. I didn't want to miss this opportunity to really talk about these topics that are near and dear to me.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Hey, we mentioned, uh, you mentioned in the beginning, just talking about, you know, um, EQ and neuroscience, you know, by 2030, which is like, you know, I feel like we're already there. The demand for social and emotional skills will grow by 26% in the US and 22% in Europe. I honestly think it's probably much higher than that.
1: I would agree with you. It's been very interesting. Uh, EQ is something that I fell onto to maybe eight years ago when I started building leadership programs for the organization that I was part of. And I was trying to figure out a better way to explain the why to people, like why you want to be a good leader. And so I fell upon, um, I think it's Carol Weswick. I'm totally going to screw up and butcher that last name. But she talks about the growth mindset. And that was the start for me of like, oh, this makes sense. So when I started teaching leadership classes, I started to talk about how our brains are wired, right? And so when you have to tell a friend, your partner, uh, your colleague, or your manager that something didn't go right and they might be at fault for it, how do you do it in an appropriate way that you don't go into fight or flight mode? Because that's what happens. when We have to give feedback to somebody. We get really nervous. We get anxiety. We fumble upon our words. And so I explained how that happens with your brain. So how do we do we rewire our brain so that we do feel a little bit more comfortable when we do run into these scenarios? And it really had to go back to EQ. Cause when it comes to your IQ, it doesn't really change after you turn 18. It's the same. Um, when it comes to your personality test, Wendy, you and I just talked about this on the last episode. I'm always going to be a high DI in disc. It might vary by a couple points over time, but I'm mm-hmm. still the extrovert. And you can see that with that personality, but your EQ changes based on what's going on in your life. And I always give a really uh, dramatic response, but I think it's important to tell this is I ended up finding out my dad had cancer and then two weeks later, getting a divorce, like going through the process. And you want to talk about low EQ my When I took that assessment, it was lower than low. Uh, now, I recently took that EQ attes- assessment again about nine months ago, and it was the highest I've ever seen it. And so it's really funny how certain periods of time is a snapshot of how you're doing with even your mental health and your yeah. wellness. And so, again, I think it's so important. Good leaders, good overall humans can usually manage EQ, and that's looking at yourself and how you manage your emotions and then how you build relationships with others.
0: Yeah, I absolutely love it. You know, a lot of us think of Daniel Goleman with the concept of emotional intelligence. But the interesting thing is he really wasn't the first one to bring it up. It was Charles Darwin and and even um uh gonna butcher these names too, psychologists David Weschler and Howard Gardner. And it's like there and there's more and more, and we just kind of like ignored it or, or whatever. Maybe Daniel is the one that put it in terms that the average person could understand. Uh, so many people think, you know, EQ means you're going to be, you know, I automatically think EQ versus F- IQ. And what do I think about? I think of the, bing- the show, The Big Bang Theory and Sheldon, yeah. you know, how he learns over time to be human. <laughs> So, yeah. guess what, folks? It can happen at work too. You can train people to become more human and empathetic. You're not going to change them forever, but you could say, "This is how we act in our workplace." So, what you know what are what are some pieces of advice to our listeners of if they do have problems in their workplace? Who doesn't, right? And say, mm-hmm. "Oh, we have great employees. They're they're really really smart, but they can't get along." That might be a challenge that we're going to be working on or working through. I'm going to say for the rest of our Our lives.
1: I agree. And I almost feel like it's a combo, right? You have to understand how someone likes to be communicated to, what's their motivator. And so I really do love DISC as a personality assessment because that at least tells me a little bit about who you are as a human. And then I like to layer it on with an IQ, an EQ assessment, because then that tells me how are you with processing emotions of others and yourself. And what we found is most Americans don't know what they're feeling. And it's way beyond just like, I'm mad, I'm happy, I'm sad. There's multiple levels of those feelings. And uh, what we're finding is kids are really bad at it, that they don't know how to process and COVID did not help that. And so we really want to Focus on just understanding that when you feel an emotion, try to describe it. What is it? And then process that through. Or if you're in a meeting, start reading the room. See who yes. wants to speak up, but maybe they're getting cut off because they're the quiet one in the room. And so those are just small pieces that you can start to pick up and apply on an everyday basis.
0: And I think that's important to bring that up where um, you're training your managers to um, observe They don't have to be an expert at emotional intelligence. They just need to be looking around the room when their team is talking, when they're in meetings and say, you know what? I haven't heard from Bobby over here, but I know I I like Bobby. I I think Bobby's really smart. Why is Bobby not speaking up? Oh, because Wendy or Katie are overpowering him. (laughs) Yeah. So it's it's super important. Now, I want to switch gears a little bit when we're when we're going into the next episode. So think about this right now, but we won't jump in yet. Is because you started bringing up just like where we're at in the world and the lack of, um, you know, that we're we're going to continue to need empathy and emotional intelligence, and it, it makes me think of things like kids these days, right? Yeah. And we're going to we keep pointing the finger at the younger generations. Listen, folks, that's been happening forever. Our, the finger was pointed at us at one point in in time too. And so instead of pointing the finger at the younger generations, say they don't know how to communicate. It is what it is. That's what I tell people. I don't care what the reason why is. I'm not I'm not a, you know, um, a high school or elementary educator, so I can't necessarily fix that except through my votes. But I'm going to have to acquire those people. Right. I'm going to hire and acquire by no choice other than the fact that everybody else is retired or, or moved on to another world. <laughs> We're going to have to say, hey, you're on my team. So When we come up next, let's start talking about that a little bit. And so we can get our listeners to start thinking like a scientist and analyzing their candidates and their employees and maybe give them some uh, tips or, you know, your resource as well. So with that said, we will be right back in episode four of five for this series. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for joining the HR Empowerment Podcast brought to you by Aurora Training Advantage. We hope you've gained new insight and strategies to navigate the HR profession. We look forward to you joining us again on the HR Empowerment Podcast.